Welcome back into another Monday Night Football replay or rewind. We did our Buffalo, Tennessee, but if you're just tuning in, this is going to be our Minnesota versus Philadelphia in a game that was pretty much a matchup featuring two of the greater dark horses of the NFL this year, certainly in the NFC. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Michael. Michael, you watched this game last night. You admitted on our other podcast halfway through the Bills Titans games were turning over. Was it worth turning over too? It was it was a good game and it was honestly like and we'll we'll talk about this down the stretch, but it was enjoyable to watch that um Eagles offense play. Specifically Jalen Hurts. But I think the thing that stunned me and I think Kirk Cousins' final stats are good reading for him. He was that poor. It was shocking. And I, I, I like what O'Connell's trying to do, but they were humbled last night. They, If they were to play that guy every week, they'd be picking first next year. Like That's how poor they were last night. And Kirk Cousins last night was atrocious. I know, he's, I know he flew one touchdown pass, but he was, in, in the second half of that game especially, he was absolutely awful, man. Like, atrociously bad. No quarterback of the last I don't know, five years has gotten more talk and discredit as Kirk Cousins. And a game like last night is exactly why it happens, because he's he's always able to have a stinker. His final, year, uh, final stats were 27 completions on 46 attempts. So what's that? Hovering around a 50% clip, 221 yards. And if you compare that to Jalen Hurts, who obviously the opposing quarterback, who had 15 less attempts, but beat him by 120 yards and had the same number of completions, give or take. Kirk Cousins' interceptions, I mean, it, it, it's so frustrating for a Vikings fan being like, we know we could have one of the best offenses in the NFL, but we're hamstringed by Kirk Cousins. And you have all those stats that say, he can be amazing, which he can be. On his day, he can be absolutely excellent. And, you know, all these, he can be a clutch player. He can be a fourth quarter player. But he can also just be a not showing up player. Watching him last night, that was certainly the case. Now, I have to admit, I really wasn't over this Vikings offense coming into the year. And I picked them genuinely going in um, thinking that I thought the bookies were mad having the, the Eagles as favorites. And it, it was kind of because I thought that Detroit had given the Eagles a game, and I worried about their defense. But none of that was on display. Now, look, the talking point is definitely the Eagles' offense. But when it comes to the Eagles' defense, and let's let's go into it because we're already talking Kirk Cousins. Like, what they did last night, first of all, they were stuck without a cornerback even during their Super Bowl run. And they traded for Darius Lay a couple of years ago, and as well as the... Eagles haven't been too relevant, so there's no point really focusing on him. Maybe he was injured for a while because, honestly, his name just wasn't popping up or maybe it was a system or a scheme. But between his interception, that was absolutely class. It was, yeah, his, his, his interception was class. But I think it was the first drive of the game by the Vikings. I don't know where in the field it was, but the ball is going to Justin Jefferson and he just slaps it down. I was like, Really, it's that easy to defend against Justin Jefferson. Just get out in front of him, slap him down. It's it's obviously not, but it 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 started off what I was tracking during the game. How many three and outs was there going to be in the first half? Vikings had four drives. Three of those 
or sorry, four of those were three and outs. And on three third downs, a ball was batted down by an Eagles defender. Like they were just, they just could not get anything going. And I think it's not just Kirk Cousins' fault that, like, it was that the Eagles defense is actually something to watch now. In total, the Viking stats or the Eagles defensive stats, if you want to call that, three interceptions, four three and outs, an 11 play drive that ended in 27 yards and a punt. And then one touchdown, one end of game. Like that, that was a dominant defensive performance. A completely overshadowed, I will add, by the offense of the Eagles. But um, yeah, guys like Darius Slay is what the Eagles were missing, like I said, even in the last um, Super Bowl run. So it's exciting to think what they can really do. Reminds me of that TikTok meme. The Slay. Slay. I got there. <laughs> um, there's numerous different factors here on both sides of the ball for both teams. The fact that Dalvin Cook was the leading rusher. Well, actually, Kirk Cousins was a lead. Jesus Christ. Kirk Cousins was a leading rusher last night for the Vikings. Dalvin Cook had 17 yards rush last night. Now, if they, and you you said it there, if they were having trouble getting the ball down the field, hand it off. Don't be scared just to hand it off. And if it's a fleeing out, that's fine. Punt and, def- and defend and wor- work your best. They didn't do it. The thing that was alarming for me was the way that the way that, that offense looked in week one against the Packers and the fact that Justin Jefferson looked like a world beater and last night he had uh, 48 yards rushing, uh, sorry, receiving. And I think as well, it's it's important to highlight the the final drive of the night for the Vikings. The Vikings sat on that final drive and basically juiced their figures. Like, they were dog awful. I think Kirk Cousins would have been at least under 180 yards passing before that point. And it's com- I tell you what, his completion rate was nowhere near where it was um, before he had that final drive. So no, I've uh, I've definitely got questions to ask in terms of the in terms of the Vikings going forward this season. But to see um, Josh Sweat with getting jo- Josh Sweat and Fletcher Fletcher Cox both getting the sack, uh, Darius Slay's interceptions were a joy to watch, especially towards the end of the game because it was just like poetry in motion. And uh, Maddox had an interception as well. The defense came up big, but the, the real story has to be Jalen Hurts and the way, the, how comfortable he looked coming out of the pocket. And just, it wasn't like sometimes you find quarterbacks in the league, and I'll not name names, but there have been athletic quarterbacks where they do run because they can and it works for them. But you find sometimes quarterbacks run too much or get out of the pocket too quickly and they they don't become confident. Like, I mean, look at Trey Lance and his injury the other night. The thing with Jalen Hurts is he seems to have more more confidence when he's on the ball. And frankly, they look for real. I laughed to call him either on or off camera when he mentioned he picked the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl. The NFC is complete dirt at the minute in, comp- in comparison to like a seal in the quality. If they play like that every week, they'll go to the Super Bowl in the NFC. There is no doubt about it. I can't think of any other team that would take them close. That's how good they were last night. That being said, the Vikings were... Uh, they weren't great. The Vikings are going to be one of the beneficiaries of the NFC being so weak, you'd imagine, because if they don't win the NFC North, they'll certainly be in play for one of the wildcard spots. Like Again, I won't completely rule them out. I think the NFC North has a bit of a softer schedule this year versus you know the likes of an AFC West or an NFC West or even the NFC South. Um, so, I yeah, I'm not ruling them out, but yeah, to jump on what you're saying about Jalen Hurts, it is insane to see where he's come with his pocket presence like he had been a scramble first run first quarterback and he looked so comfortable and so accurate against 
the Vikings. Like he was able to pick his moments of when to run. The RPOs were beautiful, except for the ineligible men downfield. There was three of those I counted in the game. I kind of wonder now, would it be brought to obviously the player's attention and the referee, i.e. they'll be saying, look, this is what's going on, you know, kind of be able to give them a heads up. Um, I don't know, like the broadcast team was kind of saying that they were ineligible men down free field. My understanding of the rule, I don't think they, that it always was. And look, I'm not a referee. I'm not going to get too into it. I've never played a down of football. But my understanding, I thought that a couple of them were more just like a gray area that was called. But when the RPOs worked, they worked beautifully. And it was just crazy to see that Jalen Hurts wouldn't go down. Like his, what, he had two touchdown runs, but that second one was massive. What, how many like players did he have on his back when he's going in? What was it, like 26 six. yards? And it's, it's not poor tackling. It's sheer power that yeah, he has yeah. on the run. He's a complete, he's built like a proverbial. Because he, he did it on the three yard touchdown where he like, he showed just pure strength. And then the 26 yard one was just like, he was like, it didn't even look in doubt at any time. Like he, he, he was so convincing in that run. I heard on, I heard Arif Hassan use a stat from now Pro Football Network. He had been from The Athletic. He had a stat that Jalen Hurts' figure, uh, MVP numbers went from 25 to 1 to 8 to 1 at half time or something. That's how dominant performance, and I can see it because the other side of this is the amount of depth that Philadelphia showed yesterday. And the first 10 plays, they went to eight different players between your AJ Browns and your Devontae Smiths. But then you have your tight ends there. I think there was there was a, a couple of quarterback runs and there was a quarter or two runs uh, from uh, Miles Sanders. But other than that, the ball was going to all kinds of players. And that depth then allowed for the likes of Quez Watkins, who was with the team last year, but like last year he was behind Jalen Rager and Greg Ward. Like Greg Ward is only a year ago. And now they have that Devontae Smith has come on a bit more last year's first round pick and AJ Brown that they have like an insane number of weapons. They have clearly a good running game. And then they have a quarterback who you don't know which way it's going to go, but they literally won a Super Bowl on the concept of RPOs and they are bringing that to another level. I just wonder, Michael, is he a bit worried about, or should we be a bit worried about him getting injured? Jalen Hurts, that is. I guess, yeah, if you're going to play a lot of plays out of the pocket where you, if there are, if there are RPO plays or if he's going to run, and run and run like that second touchdown last night there's always going to be a chance that somebody hits you and you and you, you, you sort of fall in the wrong place or wrong position but at the end of the day he, he could get injured leaving the stadium i guess he that's the way he plays he's he's improving every game every season like look at look at him and look at josh allen last night and like the way that they have both improved it's it's insane so no i i think he should continue doing what he's doing he's playing um, I haven't got the tweet on me right now, but I've seen your schedule over the next four or five weeks. He's playing, in my opinion, low caliber slash winnable teams. One of them is the Washington Commanders. He should be able to run through them as far as I'm concerned. Um, and yeah, like maybe get to week 10, week 11 and see, and then maybe try and protect him a bit more, give him more confidence uh, because he will, you know, the fact that in terms of receiving last night, the AJ Brown only at 70 yards, the Watton Smith only at 80 on a different night where he doesn't maybe rush as much and takes those 57 rushing yards away, he could get the ball down the field even more. So um, they're definitely for real. So it's just a matter of seeing exactly how far they can go. But I think we all now can see 
that this is the Philadelphia Eagles division to lose. There's no way in hell that any other team for me is going to win this division as it stands. Uh, just, I'll just end it in this for me. Hurts is the third player in, in NFL history with 300 plus pass yards, 50 plus rush yards, and multiple rush touchdowns in a Monday night football game, joining Cam Newton in 2012 and Michael Vick in 2010. Good company. Eagles fans will love the Michael Vick comparisons. And I, I love what you're saying about the if he does stop running, he has such an insane number of weapons that he can go to that you don't know what Eagles offense could come out at any moment. Um, to be honest, I put them in, I think, number six or seven in my power rankings off the back of watching the condensed um, highlights. I went back and watched the 40 minutes after and I said, I completely, they should be number four. They looked absolutely awesome last night. We'll leave it at that. Uh, Michael, again, until next week when we'll do another Monday night preview. It was it was a lot of fun. I don't know if uh, the games will suck as much, but even if they're that bad, look at the talking points that come out of them. So, uh, what, 90% of the season still to go. Can't wait, man. Uh, Monday night next week, we'll review it on Tuesday. Uh, Giants, Cowboys should be a good one. We'll chat to you soon. See you then. <laughs>